Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. Again, my friends, I hope you are having a great, great day. Um, wherever you are in the world, thank you for your support to my podcast and to changing the Indian civilization, to uplifting her and healing her. That's most important. And we can only heal through knowledge. We can only heal through uh, conversation and compassion. Stop the violence in your home and you will stop the violence in your streets. Stop the violence in your streets and you will stop the violence at your borders. Have that conversation in your homes and you will have that conversation in your streets. Have that conversation in your streets and you will have that conversation at your borders. So it's important. It's important to understand history. It's important to understand geography, geology. Uh, put them together, recreate the mosaic and understand the currents that form our waves. So today we're going to talk about something special. I happen to see this on on YouTube and uh, I've, I've gone to it before, but I didn't really have the time to go through it again um, and, and do a podcast on it. So today we're going to do that podcast and it's called the Bronze Age, the Bronze Age um, and how it in um, it affected the Indian subcontinent. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about the Bronze Age. Uh, the Bronze Age um, starts at a time that the typical dates for the Bronze Age um, are between 3000 BCE and and 1200 BCE uh, in the near in the East and, and South Asia. In Europe, this goes on till from 3200 BCE to 900 BCE. Okay, so that's very important. We're looking at approximately, if you look at uh, Africa, uh, Europe, South Asia, from approximately in total 3300 BCE to 1200 BCE. Now, it's very important. Um, the reason why it's important is all the effect that it has. Now, why do we call this period of civilization the Bronze Age? Because bronze uh, was used as the preferred metal um, uh, for a variety of the world's armies and and. For all our daily requirements, bronze was the oil of that time. Okay, so today, today we go around the the armies of the world going around searching for oil, uh, going for wars with oil. What pre uh, preoccupies the American president the most is your energy. Any energy policy, any president is. Uh, emboldened by their energy policy you know controlling your energy policy is the most important thing and if you don't have the energy then your civilization your country will go down because no energy means no economics so similarly you have the ukrainian war um and because of the war, um, we've got an energy crisis because Russia supplies a lot of the energy to uh, via Ukraine to Europe. Europe is now suffering from the energy. That means high uh, gas bills, high electricity bills, and as a result of which, they have no money for anything else, and the economies are tanking. We have inflation all over the place. That is important. So uh, controlling the energy policy is important. In this age, bronze was the most 
most important thing. Now it's not the energy, but bronze was used for all your weapons, your armors, your pots, your pants, everything bronze was used. Okay. So, um, uh, so this is an ancient civilization and, um, as part of the bronze age, um, it, it's because it either produced bronze by smelting it, it, it's copper and alloying it with tin or arsenic or other metals. So bronze is made by around 90% copper, 10% tin. Why? Because tin, um, you can melt tin at about 230 degrees centigrade. Okay. Uh, whereas iron, you need about 1500 degrees centigrade centigrade to uh, to to melt it and it took very long time to develop this technology but t bronze was easier because uh copper and tin could be uh be, be melted together smelted together um and and um you'd get you'd get bronze so they also traded other items for bronze and from production areas everywhere. Okay, um, bronze is very hard. It's hard and it's more durable than other metals available at that time. So people with um, who controlled the bronze trade uh, or controlled the the production of bronze were had a technological ad, uh, advantage very important so if they were producing bronze they had a technical advantage because they could sell these items um if they were producing it uh, and everyone needed it at this particular point so if they controlled the trade routes uh they would sell their their items of bronze and also if they they controlled the trade routes they would uh, they could um you know uh, the the areas where they produced bronze, uh, they were at a real big advantage. Now, like I said, bronze is made up by smelting two uh, metals together. One is copper, the other is tin. Now, tin is very difficult to find, although it forms only ten percent of the alloy of uh, alloy uh, of bronze. It is the most important item and because it, it melts at 230 degrees now tin is available in large quantities guess where my friends in modern day afghanistan what is baluchistan afghanistan all of the above uh northwest uh, pakistan and and uh, the basically the indus valley civilization wherever the indus valley is uh particularly in in afghanistan northern afghanistan and badukishan as it said uh, this area was part of the Indus Valley civilization. It was part of the Hindic civilization. Very important. Okay, In those places, once there were all Hindus there, and so it was a very rich area because everyone came here for tin. It's like the American president going uh, to Europe, to the Middle East for oil. So Afghanistan was the Middle East and they were minting money, 
Okay, absolutely minting money. So this entire area, you know how how rich it would have got from uh, northern uh, Afghanistan, uh, northern Pakistan, northern India, and that's why everyone came here as refugees. Waves and waves of refugees. They came here to do one thing, uh, to work because there was a lot of work over here. So the economics was good. We know um, they also came here to buy and sell. Uh, and trade in tin, very important. People who control this area control the um, control a lot of money. Uh, the trade routes, they control the silk routes passing by. They were very rich, they were very strong, and all of that is very, very important. Very important. Um, and that is how one of the reasons that in the ancient world, the Indian subcontinent was so rich. Now, once they sold all this tin, can you imagine the money that they got? Now, on top of that, they are, you know, that's how one of the reasons how the Indian kingdoms became so rich and so powerful. They were able, the money, they were able to make their own weapons, point number one. Not only they were make, able to make their own weapons, they would buy and sell weapons. Uh, yeah, absolutely, because we know that it was important for us. Uh, also, we are an agricultural country, so... Um, Agriculture was predominant over here, so that people would come here to live here and work here on the Indian subcontinent. People would come here to, um, and, and we needed people for work because there was always food, there was always water, there was always rice, there was always, uh, uh, you know, pulses uh, native to the Indian subcontinent. So it was the richest place on the planet, one of the richest places in the planet, and it's very important to understand. That is why all the empires came here, from the Persians to uh, Central Asians, the Huns, the um, the Arabs, the um, you know you know who the um, uh, the uh, what's it called the Mongol, the Delhi Sultanate, the Mughals, the British, the Europeans. And still today, they cannot give up their habit of wanting to control India. One of the reasons is of this precious, these precious metals that were found all over the Indian subcontinent, especially North India, and especially northern, uh, what is today, Afghanistan and Pakistan. So that, that is an important area, important thing to say. Uh, the wealth of that time trickled down so much and generated an economics that was so great that uh, till today we still live off it. We live off its knowledge, its memory, and and um, who we are today is a lot because of that, because it has influenced everything we do. I mean, if there was no bronze, uh, no tin over here on the Indian subcontinent or in modern-day Afghanistan, no one would have come here. No one would have influenced us. Uh, we would we would probably be like, you know, the natives uh, without a civilization. But all of that speared on an economic um, ecstasy, which produced these great kingdoms, which produced these great universities, which produced this great knowledge center, uh, medicines, we were able to make medicines. Ancient India was a very important place for medicines. We were civilization far advanced, and all of this was financed by um, 
by metals that were found on the Indian subcontinent. So that's very important. A lot of us have um, peop- have ancestors going back to this time who would come from far off. Waves and waves of refugees would come here. Waves and waves of um, not only refugees would come here, but uh, workers, traders, uh, people would um, stay on the Indian subcontinent, marry the locals, and then form a new generation of, uh, a Matisse generation of people, and by and large, they would continue, and their descendants are who we call Indians today. So all of us are influenced by this time, and all this money and all are influenced uh, our civilization, and that's why we have so many invasions also, and colonies organizations that have taken place all over this time and it has influenced who we are today. Without the Bronze Age and the requirement of tin and other metals, no one would have come here and we would not be the India we are today. We would be a very poor land but we are blessed. Uh, We'll take it. Uh, So, sorry, tin is like I said very low melting point, 230 30 degrees approximately. Copper, uh, relatively moderate melting point of 1,085. And um, so, yes, absolutely. Uh, they were, they produce many uh, goods and services. Copper and tin ores are rare since there are no uh, tin bronze in Western Asia before trading bronze in began in the 3rd millennium BCE. And and that is very, very important. Now, uh, the period is characterized by the widespread use of bronze, even if it's by the elite in early parts, though the introduction and development of bronze technology are not universally uh, synchronous. Um, tin must be mined and smelted separately, then added to the hot copper to make the bronze alloy. Okay, um, so there are different different um, ways of doing it. Um, now, Western Asia and Near East were the first regions to enter the Bronze Age, which began in the rise of the Mesopotamian civilization of Sumer in the mid fourth millennium, um, mid fourth millennium BCE. Um, um, they wrote cultures in the Near East. Cultures in the Near East uh, invented the potter's wheel. Sorry, practiced intensive all-year agriculture besides uh, besides the um, besides selling of the tin. Uh, they invented writing systems, developed with all this money and wealth and, and influence of the outside world. They developed writing systems, invented potter's wheel, created synchronized, centralized governments, uh, had law courts, they had city-states, uh, nation-states. Uh, they embarked on various archaeological pro- uh, projects, introduced social stratification, economic and civil administration, and, and sometimes slavery was practiced also. Um, they developed medicine and ideologies over time. Um, and they laid foundations to astronomy, mathematics, and astronomy. 
and astrology. So that's very important. Now the Bronze Age is surrounded, is made up of three parts. You have um, the Early Bronze Age, uh, the Middle Bronze Age, and you have the Late Bronze Age. So a lot of people are going to talk about uh, different ages of the Bronze, the Bronze Age. Um, so the Bronze Age is actually, the early Bronze Age is from 3,300 3, 3, BCE to 2,100 BCE. The Middle uh, Bronze Age is from 2,100 BCE to 2,000 BCE. And uh, the Late Bronze Age starts around 1550 BCE to 1200 BCE. Uh, why am I telling this to you? It's very, very important besides, you know, what influenced us on the Indian subcontinent. But the Bronze Age comes to an end with the dirt, the death of the uh, European civilization or wouldn't say Europe, death of the European civilization or the Mediterranean civilization. And there's a reason for this, my friends. Uh, first reason is finally they found a way to smelt iron because this age then goes into the Iron Age. And that is important to say. Uh, so the Iron Age was a brief period. In, it was a period in history that started from 1200 BCE after the Bronze Age to 600 BCE, depending on the region, and followed the Stone and the Bronze Age. Um, and during the Iron Age, which uh, came after the Bronze Age, people across Europe and Asia and parts of Africa began making tools and weapons from iron and steel. So the Bronze Age is followed by the Iron Age and um, so on and so forth. Um, now, the Bronze Age stops around, not in a hurry, but it takes a little while, over a 400-year period. Uh, but the collapse started um, by something called the Hecla Tree eruption. Now, if you look at the Bronze Age, and when I look at the Bronze Age, I'm looking at the Indian subcontinent, I'm looking at Arabia, and I am definitely looking at the Middle East. And along the Middle East, we have the fault line. I've told you for the last three, 300 million years, there's a fault line there. Uh, all the way from uh, below the, uh, the, along the Red Sea, uh, below the Red Sea, for, below the Sinai Desert, going under the Levant and going right up to Greece and onwards from there. So uh, this zone is very seismic and it always affects the climate of its time. It affects a lot of things that happens, affects how people live in this area and protects themselves uh, regularly from the eruptions in this area because they know what is happening. Um, and one of the big explosions of volcanic eruptions is said, allegedly, to be Hecla tree. Now, what is Hecla tree? Um, around 1000 BCE, um, there's a severe eruption of Hecla, uh, which is in Iceland, okay, H-E-K-L-A. 
Uh, it threw up about 7.3 kilometers of volcanic rock atmosphere into the atmosphere, placing its volcanic capacity index at five. Um, because it was so great, so huge, this volcanic eruption, it caused what is known as a volcanic winter, where the ash clouds go so up so high up they reach the clouds of the sky they develop acid rain and it falls down and the acid rain then destroys all the crops and so on and so forth um also because the uh, the clouds are so thick with ash and acid sun rays don't pass through it so because the sun rays doesn't pass through it um there's no oxygen for the flora and fauna below. So when there's no oxygen for the flora and fauna below, the, 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 it stuns the growth of the vegetation, crops, crops fail, everything fails, and it also stuns the growth of trees. And the barks of the trees can be um, deciphered. Uh, if you have trees from that age, it can be deciphered to tell you exactly what happened during that particular time. The rings of the tree will tell you what happened. Um, so it, this eruption in the volcanic winter, it, it, there was an 18 year span of global cooling attributed to Hecla tree. Okay. Um, you can still see the eruption in uh, Greaseland uh, because of uh, Bristol corn pine sequence and the Irish oak sequence, extremely narrow growth rings. Okay. Um, so this is Hecla tree. Now, Hecla tree is so huge, it affects this area. It's in Iceland. Iceland is close to Europe and it's also close to the Middle East. So the entire Med Mediterranean civilization along Africa, northern Africa, um, you have the area around Egypt, uh, you have the area around um, Canaan, which is modern day Israel, uh, Levant, uh, Syria, Lebanon, um, and Turkey, um, all of that they are affected the most. And this, uh, this brings down the uh, civilization of, the, of its time. It's a, it was a huge, very prosperous civilization. It just comes down the drain uh, because there's no food, obviously. You have acid rain. There's no food. The crops crumble, means the economy crumbles, means people get sick. They have plague, uh, trauma, and they go to other places. Where do they go? To, the, to Europe. Some of them will go, but it's too cold. Even then, some will go. Some will go deep into Africa. And and the most of them will come via the South Asian subcontinent because it was very, very rich and famous and clean. And uh, this, uh, these waves of people, refugees coming, would then go on, sometimes would go on to the Far East. So that's important to say. Now... The, the eruption happens around 1200 BCE. Because of that, the, uh, you, the civilization around the Mediterranean is all dependent upon each other. So they depend on each other for trade, for exchange of goods and services, and also for uh, security and administration. So people, if one city did form alliances like NATO, you form one city-state and they would be in alliance with the other city-state. So whoever was attacked, they would come to help. And that's very important to say. Um, so 
all of that comes to an end in around 1150, 1150 BCE. Uh, sometimes it's blamed on the famines of Ramses II, but in reality, it's a, a volcanic eruption. Uh, and that's where they get the concept of heaven and hell because of fires coming from below the earth. So they blamed, uh, Egyptologists have blamed uh, famines, these famines on um, uh, ancient kings, Ramses, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Ramses III during the wider Bronze Age collapse. So now when a bronze, uh, an age of civilization collapse, it doesn't collapse tomorrow. You'll have the winter, you'll have the volcanic eruption, but once it, uh, but once it collapses, it's slow. The winter um, went on for approximately 18 years, but to recover from this took another four to 500 years. Uh, that's very important to say. So it would have affected the, the Mediterranean area in Africa and a little beyond, uh, obviously, um, the Middle East, um, Turkey, um, India, all of that it affected. So you have the Bronze Age and the, and the uh, Iron Age. Please uh, look it up. Please understand it. Very important. Uh, finally, finally, um, once they're saved from this eruption and once they save themselves from the civilization of the Middle East, uh, they flee in all directions. Okay, um, and during this time, the tribes of uh, Hebrews, as I, as we like to say, the tribes of Hebrews, which are around this area of Canaan and Canaan and uh, the Levant, then they come from there. Once they come in from there, they moved, they, they were at that point of time, there was a famine a little early on, 40, about 300 years earlier, they moved to Egypt. Egypt makes them slaves and then they flee from slavery during the late Bronze Age time because they take advantage of the volcanic eruption of Hecla tree. So they, they, at this particular point, what they do is they take over, they live in the Sinai Desert, the, the Egyptian, sorry, the Hebrews live in the Sinai Desert for 300 years, approximately, then, sorry, for 40 years. Uh, they live in the, in the civilization in the Sinai for 40 years, and then they move up north to Canaan and take over Canaan, and that area of Canaan is today called um, Israel, the kingdom of Israel. Now, when you have refugees going all about the place, because obviously it's going to affect every single direction you go into, now, when you have refugees, the easiest place to come is the Indian subcontinent, my dear friend. The Indian subcontinent is the easiest place to come for what we produce, what our civilization was, the architecture, medicine, universities, anything and everything you wanted, and they were there. Okay? Um, these waves and waves of refugees that would come have influenced everyone on the subcontinent. We do not remember as yet, but yes, it was there um, and it would influence who we are today. Okay, uh, It's sort of a cascading fall into oblivion and it destroyed the entire civilization of um, of the West, uh, of the Middle East. So in southern Greece, you had the Mycenaean civilization uh, settlement. In uh, what is Turkey today, parts of Turkey, you have the Hittite Empire. In Egypt, always, you have the uh, Egyptian Empire. 
um, the Canaanites ruled what is today Levant, um, Levant, Syria, um, Israel, Pan, modern day uh, Philistine territories. Okay. Uh, you see also, I'm going to put this map on my webpage, uh, hubhopper.com. And you will see it's all about the place. Now, once people who know that they are, uh, that the enemy is losing out, they will come and take the space and move. A lot of people will move once they take the space. Um, and, and, and that's how um, once, they, once they leave, once the civilization collapse, you'll have a new civilization coming because you will have invaders coming in. Uh, you'll be looking for food. There'll be theft. There'll be revolt. Uh, there'll be illness. Um, there'll be disease. And uh, it's a situation that's ripe for people, for other empires to come in. That's how other empires would have taken over this place. And the Mediterranean civilization, that means the Hittite Empire, the Canaanites, the Persians to some extent, uh, the Kingdom of Egypt, Mycenaeans, all of them would have just had to disappear abandon this area, the Mediterranean area, and go to greener pastures because they would not be able to take it. So today there are monuments, the architecture is still there, but nothing else, no people. Okay, uh, so now the civilization comes in, there is a very, very easy for someone else to take over. And in this period, we get uh, the Hebrews and the Israelites. The Israelites finally flee from Egypt into the Sinai, after the Sinai, then they flee into Canaan uh, and take over this land um, around 900 BCE, but uh, around 1000 to 900 BCE. So it, it actually matches, the dates match, okay? So around this time you have the Israelite kingdom forming, okay? Uh, doesn't stop volcanic eruptions from happening. It doesn't stop people from migrating, but it does stop, um, you know, it, it, it does away with one and leaves space for new civilization. Uh, now, once this gets over around 900 BCE, we get the kingdom of Israel. And Israel, my dear friend, you know exactly what it is. It's north and south. At one point, uh, the, they had to fight. They not only had to create a civilization, they had to find more and more refugees coming in from the Middle East. And sorry, not the Middle East, from Canaan, from Greek islands and so on and so forth, because they too are affected by these volcanic winters. So you have to depend on each other. So by now, by 1200 uh, BCE, you've got the Israelite kingdom formed in the space of the Canaanites. And we know what the Israelites have said and done. They've got the Torah, they've got the Bible, and they have gotten now uh, power in a land that was never theirs in the first place, and they had to conquer it. There's not much of a fight. And the reason there's not much of a fight, because this area is now abandoned by the previous civilization. So they just come and take over, and their book is called and the Torah, and from there on you have 3,000 years of fighting because they've never stopped. Uh, what is important that they're not the only ones who came and moved from Egypt. There were other people from around this area who came in and uh, sought refuge in this Canaanite land. 
or Israeli land. Uh, and those were called the Sea People or the Philistine people. And these Sea People, the Felicet, this name has been distorted and or evolved. And now we get uh, something called, uh, from there you get the Palestinians or the Philistine. Uh, and today we have the word Palestine and the Palestinian territories. In reality, Palestine has only five territories, five cities along the Mediterranean coast, but um, they create such a mess that uh, for 3,000 years after it, and all of it that's happening today, um, all of it that's happening today is influenced by um, by this eruption, the Hecla tree, which leads to people moving all around the place, settling in areas which are not native to, and then forming the words, vocabulary of that time, then form and evolve and, and metamorphosize into who we are today. Uh, but this Bronze Age is very important. And once it's important, then we all come into the Indian subcontinent, and we're grateful for the Indian subcontinent to take it over from us, but we have to understand the influences that have come on and brought us and made us to who we are today. So um, it's very important to understand this. I'm going to let the, the, the links on my email page on hubhopper.com. I'd like you, if you have time, to take a look at it, watch the videos, uh, because this is very, very, very important. Uh, like I said, we are currents and waves. It's our currents that form the waves. So if we don't understand, the cycles of life are going to form again. And we are facing another um, revolution or we're facing another, um, another hit job in Rahul Gandhi who wants to in invite all the foreigners, or should I say the West, to come in and take charge of the situation and stop democracy being eroded, which is his interpretation of his tormented mind. Uh, but he's asking for people to come in. He wants the gates to be open. He and his team will open the gates from the inside. And once they open the gates from the inside, they will let anyone and anyone in without understanding the past, without understanding what happens, understanding that we've not yet healed, we need to heal a little bit more, but the trauma that we are facing on the inside is embedded into our DNA and that needs to come out and that's why we have these conversations, because it needs to come out completely. Uh, so that's the Bronze Age for you, my friend. The Bronze Age is comes to an end around 1200 BCE with the volcanic eruption called Hecla that Hecla tree and from this Bronze Age after that we have an entire Mediterranean civilization collapsing. We then start the Iron Age and iron we know where that takes us to. It, that age ends around 900 to 600 BCE. So we're still uh, in the BCE area, but at least we know where we are. So I'll let you do the homework yourself. Hecla tree, which is the eruption, and you can type also Iron Age and the Bronze Age, and I'll give you the email to um, to a professor who's talking about it. He also has a book come out, uh, which I would suggest to all of you, if you have the time and you have the ability to... Um, to uh, order books online. The book is called 1177 BCE, The Year Civilization Collapsed. So by Eric K. 
CLINE, that's C-L-I-N-E. Once you understand that, you understand the currents that form the waves. And this is not something new, okay, because this fault line has been in place for 300 million years, from 250 to 300 million years. And because it's been in this place for 300 million years, waves and waves and waves of refugees would have come into the land and slowly taken their space. And their descendants are who we call Indians today. So that's embedded in our history. It's very important to know it. Uh, research it. Once you research it, you'll be free and understand that, you know, we can clean up, we can heal, but we do not need to be corrosive. We do not need to be violent uh, because it's a cycle of life. So thank you very much for your time. I hope you've given you a nice history lesson and we'll try and do something on the same topic tomorrow. So I thank you for your time. You have yourself a great day.